0: Well, all right, we are back here on 99 Pod, and we are going to move forward. We got our quarterback rankings right now, numbers 20 through 16, and I guess we are going to recap, you know, our list thus far. You know, Zach, maybe you could start us off with the recap of the list, i recap mine, and then we could go
1: forward. So, Zach, what did you have so far? Yeah, absolutely. So, we started this uh last week breaking down the quarterback list, of course, one of our favorite topics of the year. And a quick recap of mine. So I went with Sam Howell of the Commanders at number 32, Jordan Love of the Packers, as you guys just heard, at number 31, Ryan Tannehill of the Titans at 30, C.J. Stroud of the Texans at 29, Anthony Richardson of the Colts at 28, Baker Mayfield of the Bucks at 27, Desmond Ritter of the Falcons at 26, Kyler Murray of the Cardinals at 25, Matt Jones of the Patriots at 24, Bryce Young of the Panthers at 23, Jimmy Garoppolo of the Raiders now at 22, and Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints at 21.
0: Well, All right. And for mines, at number 32, I had Desmond Ritter. At number 31, I had Sam Howell. At number 30, I had CJ Stroud. At number 29, I had Baker Mayfield. At 28, I had Jordan Love. At 27, I have Kenny Pickett. At 26, I had Mac Jones. At 25, I had Bryce Young. At 24, I have AR-15. At number 23, I have Ryan Tannehill. number 22, Jimmy G. And number 21, Hemothy, I lied. Kyler Murray, 21. So I'm just about ready to start us off for number 20 here. And just a little projections, you know, a little, how can I say, a little criteria here, right, for everybody watching the show. We know this list is very controversial. And me, I'm projecting you into the year. You know, I'm looking at the eye test. I'm looking for what you did last year. And I am projecting you into the year So there's gonna be guys On my list where you probably be like Yo wait hold up he could throw the football deeper than this guy He got an arm talent More arm talent than this guy No I'm not looking at that right your situations matter Okay and I'm looking I'm taking everything in consideration Here and number 20 I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson And number 20 here Um, Last year was a disaster Okay it was really a disaster And I knew that Russell Wilson was shot. I am one of those believers that believe that this guy he declined, and that was more evident than most of the casuals who was like, "Oh my God, he really do look declined in Denver." now nah, I saw that the last year in Seattle with Pete Carroll, he did not look the same. And it's funny because when you talk about him now, it's like it was evident back then but a lot of people saw it now now it was funny to me because when you think about Wilson Wilson he was all about his PR more so than anything else Wilson Wilson is a PR guy he says he writes everything he talks like literally he is a PR guy and it became a detriment to the team because he felt like he was bigger than the team when Tom Brady with all his credentials the greatest quarterback of all time went to Tampa Bay he never felt bigger than that team it was not like guys was like oh my god I'm playing with Tom Brady he threw me the pass hallelujah nah it wasn't that they could go up to Tom Brady and talk about life stuff they could stay at his house Antonio Brown okay he never felt bigger than the team with Wilson Wilson he's not with his teammates like that there were many videos where he was by himself making stupid videos the dangerous you know he felt more about it felt more about his pr than anything else and i don't think with the inexperienced coaching coaching staff that is that they knew how to handle a guy in Russell wilson's stature high profile is the word i'm looking for type of cat now can sean payton fix that we know what sean payton could do we know his credentials You know, I think it's a good start. We're moving his personal office. Okay, saying that, no, no, no. We ain't going to have all of that going on. Can he fix Russell Wilson? I don't know. I think if there's anybody who can, it's him. But I just believe that Russell Wilson is shot. And that was evident to me. Not last year, but the year before. And that's why he's number 20 for me. At number 19, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. Coming out of college wasn't known for the strongest arm didn't have the best physical attributes and he had elbow surgery so who knows if that's going to impact anything as far as his ability to throw down the field but last year we saw he could take those shots down the field 36 percent of the team's throws beyond 20 yards in five games was Brock purdy so unlike jimmy g who is the safe and effective thrower, you know get the ball out you know dish it out Play point guard, Brock Purdy could take those shots. There was a play in particular, two plays against the Denver Broncos Sunday Night Football where Jimmy G overthrew or underthrew, excuse me, underthrew a wheel route to Debo Samuel. And they ran that exact play a couple plays later. And yes, Jimmy G did connect it with it, but it was underthrown and it stopped the momentum of Debo going to the end zone. It's those like that that Brock Purdy is going to make there's a reason why Kyle Shanahan feels more comfortable opening up the offense for Brock Purdy to run it because he can make the throws down the field. He can make the short throws that Jimmy G makes as well. And they have a good rapport. Watch out for George Kittle. I understand we all know who George Kittle is and we should know who George Kittle is. And we watch the game, but that connection with him and Brock Purdy, is one to look out for because George Kittle at times went very silent last year although he had his nagging injuries but Brock Purdy comes in George Kittle was a monster again so I do believe with the weaponry and surrounded by Brock Purdy that he can have a good year however the reason why he's this low and I don't even think it's low like that but it's low compared to the other guys is because don't get it twisted the offense runs through the playmakers it runs through Debo it runs through CMC. It runs through Ayuk. It runs through the playmakers. And all he has to do is distribute the ball. And he's more than capable of doing just that. That's why he's number 19. And number 18, I'm going to go with Jared Goff. I was very impressed with Jared Goff last year. His ability to limit the turnovers. That was the more eye popping thing of anything that he did last year, was limiting those interceptions, only throwing seven which was good because I remember week one, he threw about one or two. So that tells you from week one through the end of the week, I mean, through the end of the season, that he was really limiting his turnovers. And I think he's in a great ecosystem. Ben Johnson, very good play caller. And he knows that Jared Goff, he thrives in play action. And I think for them to take another level, they're going to have to run more play action. I think they was in the middle of how many play actions they ran across the league compared to the other teams but they need to do it more because he thrives in play action I noticed that from his days in um on the Rams so the reason why he's not higher is because we all know that there's a cap we all know that he doesn't bring explosiveness we all know that they're not going to have big explosive plays but methodically they're going to move down the football field and right now Jared Goff is very comfortable Right, he's the oldest guy—not the oldest guy, but he's one of the oldest guys on this roster. A bunch of young guys—they're allowing him to call protections and all that, so he's comfortable. Ah, I don't judge quarterbacks by comfortability, right? I don't—I don't judge quarterbacks by you being comfortable. I judge you when you're not comfortable. So now that the NFL is out here drinking the Kool-Aid of the Detroit Lions hype by giving them four primetime games, I'm going to find out. In those high profile games When there's expectations If Jared Goff can handle adversity Did he go to the University of Adversity? We'll find out Check the wordplay there He's number 18 for me And number 17 I feel like I'm in a rhythm right now I'm gonna go with Derek Carr And number 17 Listen The Raiders flat out embarrassed this man (laughs) Okay Literally embarrassed this man Who gave his all to the franchise okay luckily for Derek Carr he's surrounded by weapons here on New Orleans say what you want about them they got weapons here they got my guy Chris Olave who loves to run deep very crisp with his routes we know Derek Carr likes to throw deep so they're going to blossom together that is the connection the new quarterback YBC with duo that is going to be the more impactful out of everybody else as far as individually and collectively what they can do together you also got Michael Thomas, who you never know when he's going to lead witness protection, right? But when he's there, when he's on the floor, and that's a big-ass win, we know that he can be a separation specialist. He can get open. And that's a quarterback's best friend. Guys that can get open, great route runners, etc. right? You also got this other kid, Washid Shahid, that nobody talked about, who quietly broke out last year. He's another guy to look out for, number three wide receiver on this team so I'm not sure if I'm buying the Saints hype I'm not sure if I'm going to pick them to win a division but you can make the case that the most how can I say the best quarterback on paper in that division is Derek Carr and so um you know I think I'm going to have him there at number 17. he hasn't won a playoff game yet and you know you do take that in consideration but you do take in consideration the property franchise Let's see if the Saints can get him going again Reuniting with Dennis Allen I'm going with Derek Carr 17 Now my last one This may shock a lot of people As I take a sip of this water Because I am getting tired I'm going to go With Matthew Stafford at number 16 Very difficult to rank And I remember I said Jordan Love was the hardest quarterback to rank on my list Nah, that's actually Matthew Stafford Only because Talent Talented wise he's a top 10 quarterback in this league that's no question from a physical attributes from a yo he won a championship from a yo he could throw that rock he could be in the pocket he can stay in the pocket and have success oh he's top he's top 10 no doubt about it but physically with all them injuries that accumulated not only last year but in Detroit I don't think physically he could hold up when you talk about this roster nobody's talking about The Rams contending, so why would I put him in my top ten? And then going to be bottoming out? That's impossible because he's not going to have a top ten year. And yes, I understand they have the three pillars, you know that I like to call them. You know the Cooper Cup. That connection is always going to be there. That's not going away, right? You got the Aaron Donald, you got Matthew Stafford, and you can say four pillars. Sean McVay being the fourth, but you need more than that to compete. You need more than that to win. And I don't look at this roster and say, all right, this is a championship-level roster. So it's hard for me to project them any higher. I'm going Matthew Stafford, number 16. So to recap my list, at number 20, I'm going with Brock Purdy. Excuse me. I'm going with Russell Wilson. Number 19, I'm going Brock Purdy. Number 18, I'm going Jared Goff. Number 17, I'm going Derek Carr. And number 16, I'm going Matthew Stafford. That's my list. Zach, the mic is yours.
1: Yeah, well, before I get into my list, I have two comments I'd like to get your opinion on, just responding to yours and Zay, feel free to chime in whenever you want. So first off, I wanted to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson, right? And, Will, it seems after where you ranked him and everything you said, you seem to be on the path of he's done, he's washed, like you don't know how much great football he has left. Now, you did say, uh, Sean Payton, if anyone were able to turn him around, that would be the guy. We're on the same page. That was the only hire Denver could make, and it was a really good one. My question for you is, though, let's say after the first six or seven games of the season, Russell Wilson, we're watching him in this Broncos team, and it's clear that he's not very good. Sean Payton, he can't fix it. Do you see a scenario where Russell Wilson is benched at any time this season and the Broncos go to Jared Stidham? Uh, He had a little bit of time with the Raiders last year, played pretty well, put up some impressive numbers over the course of the last few games. Do you see any scenario if Russ is really cooked and he's done. If Sean Payton can't even see him, do you see a scenario where Denver sends him to the bench at any point this season?
0: Yes. You know, I understand there's a lot of money involved. And, you know, they made a stupid decision by extending him before they even got a test trial. Because had they got the test trial, they could have moved on from this contract. And I don't even think nobody's talking about that enough in itself. And I know that's another topic, but get a test trial before you buy the product. That's what Macy's told me, right? Anyway, that was a jokey joke that didn't make sense. But back to your question, Zach, if they bench him, yes, I think they will. If they're losing, you know, I think you gotta, you have to do your due diligence. Let's see what Jared Stidham could give me. If we are not winning games with Russell Wilson, we know that this division is still going to be competitive. You got the defending champs here. You got the Charges, who's growing. And say what you want about them; they're taking steps every single year, even if it's baby steps, right? I expect them to take another step this year. And I know I say that every year, but I th- really think they will. You got the Raiders who so say what you want about Jimmy G. He's a winner, 40 and 17. He brings you a winner's resume. They are going to get smoked if they don't keep up with these guys. So if there's a situation where they're losing games, yes, see what you got instead of them because you're losing anyway. So he can only help the situation at worst. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I think definitely, and then we'll be talking about this even further, how Russell Wilson, Wilson was clearly washed. And I was on the front line saying that before Denver signed him and traded for him. So once again, at the end, I'm going to be looking like the little Shadamas.
2: You know, I want to ask you a real quick question about Matthew Stafford and uh, Mac Jones, ironically. Um, he was earlier in the list. Um, but I want to know because the last time we seen Bill O'Brien actually uh, coach an offense, the offense was able to thrive without superstar talent around the quarterback, receivers, and, uh, and things of that nature. Do you feel like there's a situation where fully healthy, of course, both players, they both play a full 17 games, that Mac Jones will have a better year statistically than Matthew Stafford?
0: Excellent question. Damn. That was a really, really good question. Excellent question. Wow. I mean, before I even answer that question, I have to acknowledge that question. Sometimes you just got to sit there in amazement like, oh, my God, that was a great question. Yes. Yes. Actually, yes. That, that's a very, very great point. Now, I'm going to talk about the Patriots more later. And there's a reason why. And I guess we'll figure that out or we can put two and two together to figure out why. I still think the Patriots need to make a couple more moves to um, really get themselves a fighting spirit in the conference. But um, yes, I I can see that scenario because I don't believe that the Rams are going to be competing for anything. I still think you're looking at the Patriots as a competitive team in a competitive conference, arguably the best conference. But yes, with Bill O'Brien, we know what he could do from a play calling perspective. Once he got higher up, in the front office, I mean, we can't look at that and judge that. I mean, that was totally different, right? There's a difference between coaching and calling plays and making stupid personnel decisions that he made when he traded D. Hop. So I do believe that Mac Jones could break out. And the reason why I don't have him higher, Mac Jones, I'm talking about here, than where I had him was because I'm looking at New England as a whole, and I'm looking at the weapons. They need to add more. Bill O'Brien is a start, but they need to continue to add more. Matthew Stafford, he's proven he won a Super Bowl. I have to kiss the ring before I can push Mac Jones higher than uh, Matthew Stafford. But all of these things are taken in consideration when making my list.
1: All right. Well, one more question I'll throw your way and then I'll get to my uh, quarterback rankings for this portion. So one quarterback you mentioned that I already got out of the way is Derek Carr with the New Orleans Saints. And the thing with Carr, in my opinion, is I was just very confused I still didn't really know what exactly happened with the Raiders towards the back end of last season. The fact that he just left the team after he got benched, and it finally feels like we have some clarity. So this was from the Fresno Bee today. Derek Carr admits he was very upset and mad at the Raiders for benching him last season. He said, I was, for lack of a better term, very upset. I was mad. You spend nine years in a place, you have all the records, and you can play at a high level. And for something to get in the way, whether it was whatever reason, money related or whatever injury related, I would have said I don't even want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans. I didn't get that opportunity, so it definitely lit a fire inside of me to keep going. So I understand what he's saying, right? And I understand Will uh, what you said in part of your point is like the Raiders—they're a circus show. They're—they've not been a very relevant franchise they haven't won a ton of games over the course of the last two decades I don't trust Josh McDaniels as their head coach and that's all true and usually I'm very rarely going to take the side of Josh McDaniels but I do think with how the Raiders season went last year I had no problem with them benching Derek Carr their season was clearly over and they wanted to see what they had in Jared Stidham who actually played pretty well he was going to be a free agent and the fact that it looks like Derek Carr he was pretty upset this Quote tells me, I think he just quit the team after he got benched. And for a guy that's been in Vegas that long, I understand why he was upset. But that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Keep in mind, I'm a Derek Carr fan, but the facts are the facts. This guy has not won a playoff game. Outside of his 2016 almost MVP season, if he doesn't get hurt, he hasn't really been that impressive. I think he did a good job handling adversity a few years ago after John Gruden was fired midseason and the Henry Ruggs incident happened. But Reading this quote and now really knowing, I really think Derek Carr just quit the Raiders after he got benched last year. That makes me feel even worse about how he's going to do next season, and it makes me feel even worse about the Saints going into next season. So I just wanted to bring that up. That is a big reason why I had Derek Carr on my list last week when we were doing this exercise, opposed to this one. I just
0: will respond to that just briefly here. You know, Derek Carr never had play calling stability. Like, I believe it was a long time, if ever, that he had back-to-back years or back-to-back-to-back years of the same play caller. And those things have to be taken in consideration. Those things matter, the continuity with the new play caller and the guy who's calling plays, whether it's the coach or the offensive coordinator, whoever, those things matter. I do think that when you talk about his position right now on the Raiders, it can still throw for 4,000 yards. From an individual perspective, we can have our doubts about the team. And I'm not really sipping the Saints Kool-Aid, and clearly you not either. So we agree there. But from an individual perspective, with the weapons on this roster, he can throw for 4,000 yards easy here. And I think he will. Um, Credit to him for knowing that he's not good in bad weather games. So he went to a situation where he's playing 70, I would argue, percent of his games are going to be in good weather. You know, two games in the dome, not two games in the dome, but, you know, you have your two division games each and they're going to be in good weather. His games at home is going to be in a dome. So those things are briefly taken into consideration. And also, there's a lot of motivation too, like how you got done, whether or not we thought that there was a, a probable cause for that to happen. You got done dirty. Regardless, it was embarrassing to get benched when you got your team to the playoffs the year before. Mind you, I didn't even bring that up. They made the playoffs the year before. What was the difference? You know, yes, a combination of Derek Carr making poor decisions. But Josh McDaniels, we know his track record before as well. So it's a lot of conflict of interest over there. I want to see Derek Carr in a new situation where there should not be no excuses. He is the most experienced quarterback here in this division. There's no excuses. He should throw for 4,000 yards. He should
1: be a top 15 quarterback this year. I just got him below that a little bit. Alright, without further ado, I will start up my list with number 20. I will go uh, with one of the guys we'll mentioned uh, right at the start of his. I'll go with Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. And it's interesting because I kind of put Brock Purdy in a similar category as Kyler Murray when it came to doing this list, just because we're not exactly sure exactly uh, what his status is going to be going forward. There's still some question marks if he's going to be ready to go week one, but the difference is... With Kyler, it was just all bad vibes all around. I don't think he's going to be the Cardinals quarterback after this season. Uh, Since the Cardinals got off to that really nice start two years ago, it's just been going downhill ever since. And there are just a whole lot of bad vibes over there with Kyler Murray in Arizona. But I think it's the opposite with Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy was healthy and I knew for certain he was ready to go for week one, I would have him probably a little bit higher on this list but kyle shanahan and his ability to really put his quarterbacks in a good position to succeed and i was really impressed with what Curdy did last year we went from literally all thinking the 49ers season is over They're cooked because they're going to have to go uh, to Mr. Irrelevant after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. We went from that to all of a sudden this guy making impressive throw after impressive throw after impressive throw. And I do think, I still believe this, the 49ers offense looked as good as it ever has in this Kyle Shanahan era with Brock Purdy making plays, swinging the football. If he doesn't get hurt in that NFC Championship game, who knows what would have happened? I expected it to be a little bit more of a competitive game. I I expected going into that game, San Francisco to be right there with Philly and a a couple plays late to decide the game. But unfortunately, everything just turned for the 49ers as soon as he got hurt. If I know he's healthy and ready to go, I expect him to have a big time season, but I have him at number 20 just because there's some question marks on his status. At number 19, I will go with a guy that Will did not have ranked yet on his list. I will go with Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns. And the thing for me with Deshaun Watson is, there's no doubt, it shouldn't be a surprise how bad he looked last year for the Cleveland Browns. It was the first time he was playing football in over 700 days. And I do think this season, he's gonna be much better than that. It's gonna be hard for him to be even worse. My question with Deshaun Watson is, is he ever going to be able to get back to the point and the reason why the Cleveland Browns gave him that just absurd contract? Even though we knew what the ba- what the baggage he was going with off the field we knew what was going on and cleveland still decided to give him that deal because at houston uh, at the time in houston he had some big time moments and he was one of the better quarterbacks in the league now i personally think he might be a little bit overrated just because the best season he's ever had in the nfl the houston texans they only won four games that season now i know there were a ton of messes going on with houston they were in a really bad spot at the time but if you're in a weak quarterback and you're putting up absurd numbers I know you're playing with bad weapons but he was still able to put up those numbers and the fact that they were only able to win four games I just feel like there would have been plenty of other quarterbacks in the league where if they had a career best season even with awful awful talent around them their team would still be able to win more than four games uh, I just have a lot of questions with the Cleveland Browns right now they're a franchise I can't trust I will have Deshaun Watson coming in at number 19 at number 18 it's interesting because I would say when we were doing our list at this time last year, I would consider this quarterback to be a little bit underrated compared to the consensus and compared to where other people would have him. But now I think the pendulum is starting to swing a little bit the other way, and he might be just a smidge overrated compared to where other people will have him. I'll go with Kirk Cousins. Of the Vikings at number 18 and I thought Kurt had a pretty solid season leading the Vikings to 13 wins even though the Vikings did lose their one and only playoff game I don't think Kirk Cousins was really responsible for that I, I just think that Daniel Jones he just uh could not miss against that Vikings defense the Vikings fired their defensive coordinator the next day um Cousins played well in that game but I just kind of what Will said with Jared Goff. I'm just not really sure what your ceiling is with Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback in the NFL. I think the loss of Dalvin Cook is gonna impact this Viking team more than we realize. I like Alexander Madison, but we have no evidence that he's gonna be able to account for all the production that Dalvin Cook gave them. I think the loss of Phelan, that's a guy Cousins had a lot of chemistry with. Uh, I'm just not really expecting big things from the Vikings. I think after winning 13 games last year, I don't wanna say they were lucky, but it was a little bit fluky. They set a record of wins uh, by one possession or less in nfl history i don't think that continues i'll go with Kirk cousins at number 18. i'd like to echo a very similar uh, set sentiment that will mentioned when he brought up uh, his uh, this guy on his list i do think matthew stafford was probably the most difficult quarterback to rank on this list i'll have him at number 17 because i do think when you're looking at his career and when you're looking at all of his physical attributes matthew stafford is no doubt a top 10 quarterback but the fact is right now he's 35 years old he's coming off a Pretty scary elbow injury. I just, I can't, no, no one knows what exactly this guy is going to be this season. Now, I, with Stafford being the most difficult quarterback for me to rank on this list, I'll take it even a step further. I think the Rams could be the most difficult team to evaluate and predict going into next NFL season, just because they still have the core, the pillar, the foundation members of that team that won the Super Bowl, right? Matthew Stafford, back. Sean McVay, back. Cooper Cup, he got hurt last year. He's going to be healthy and ready to go. They still have arguably the best defensive player in the league right now in Aaron Donald. But besides that, They really don't have that much else they're really a four-man team and the fact that they traded all those draft picks to go all in at the time it's finally catching up to them but Matthew Stafford he's a hell of a quarterback he got that Super Bowl ring out of the way and I will say throughout that Super Bowl run Stafford he was clutch he made a ton of really big time plays a ton of really big time throws of course the feud of Cooper Cup won in the Super Bowl to give them the win the other big one against Tampa Bay late in that playoff game when the Rams were up big the Buccaneers they're storming all the way back everyone thought uh, Tom Brady and the Bucs were going to be able to come back and win that game, but Stafford uh, put that to rest quickly, hitting Cooper Cup for that big play. I think he was the most difficult QB to rank on this list, and if he's healthy, if he's back to form, I think the Rams could be better than people realized with McVay back into the mix as well, but there are no guarantees with that. I'll have Matthew Stafford at number 17, and at number 16, I will go with, honestly, another guy that was really difficult for me to rank. I, I, one thing I didn't realize, uh, I didn't say off the top of the bat, which I should have said, is We've been doing this quarterback list for a while now, right? This is the third year we've been doing it. And usually when we get to this point on the list, I feel like it's not easy, but you at least know like what areas you're going to be putting some of these guys when you're going from 20 to 15, all the way down to the top 10. And really for me, like from 20 to 11 or 10, It was really difficult. Like I could see any like mix of any like where you're putting these guys. Like, yeah,
0: you was having the same issues I was having. Zach, that 10
1: to 19. Oh my god, that was tough. Yeah, I I, to be honest, I've even changed it. Like while you were uh, reading your list, I was even changing up mine a little bit. So yeah, I'll go with Russell Wilson at number 16. Though it's really hard for me because I do think Sean Payton is going to make a difference. I do think it's going to be basically impossible. For Russell Wilson to be as bad as he was last year and I think even though last season it blew up in Denver's face they were arguably they probably were the most disappointing team in the league Russell Wilson prior to last season he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory like we remember everything he did in Seattle and I do think year two being in Denver I do think with a better coach um they have weapons around them you know Javante Williams you hope he's healthy Tim Patrick he also tore his ACL very early on in last season. Hopefully, he's back, healthy, ready to go. I just find it very difficult to believe that Denver is going to be as bad as they were last year. I think Sean Payton's going to make an impact. You know, I've never been the biggest Sean Payton guy, at least compared to the consensus opinion on him. I think the Saints underachieved in his last five or six years there, but still, there's no doubt that he is a really good head coach. He's an impactful head coach, and if he's as good as everyone told me he was in New Orleans, he should be able to make an, an immediate impact here with Denver. So, I'll go with Russell Wilson at number 16. To recap, 20 through 16 on my list, I'll go with Brock Purdy at 20, Deshaun Watson at 19, Kirk Cousins at 18, Matthew Stafford at 17, and Russell Wilson at 16.
2: Oh, um. I'm just so surprised at how high Deshaun Watson is after last season, um, towards the end of the season. You know, I think it's tough to wear to put his projections or what, what we can see from him with this Cleveland Browns team and how they run their offense. Um, we're seeing that it's primarily a run-heavy offense. This this is their bread and butter. It's run. You know, when the passing game isn't – when it comes to the passing game, it just seems like the coordination is not really in sync on how they want to pass the football. And we saw that most times last season, even with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. We just saw uh, uh, an imbalance of of being able to throw the football or, dra- or drawing up um, passing plays, despite them having a very higher, high-tier running back in Nick Chubb, um, high usage. So I think uh, for me, at least, you know, Watson, he might, I, he might be in the lower 20s. <laughs> I mean, that's... The way, the way Watson, because it's it's beyond intangibles. You know, I think Lil said it before the show. You know, before this segment, it's 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 beyond intangibles. It's beyond what his abilities is to throw the football, his, his QB vision. It's about projections of what we're seeing from this team, this what we could possibly see from this team this season, this quarterback. And if we're saying that Deshaun Watson is probably like you know uh, middle of the pack at least, then the Browns are should be favorites in the division. The Browns should be something. The Browns have to be uh a team that's going for a championship or a super bowl soon because that, that's all they need or they need middle at least middle of the play middle of the pack quarterback play and if we're saying that deshaun watson that last season the last couple games of course that he played was a fluke it was rust it wasn't it wasn't who he is as a quarterback and that's not the, the new the new uh found player in Deshaun Watson and that's not you know who he's shown us to be then all right, in the middle of the pack, then I, I better see this Browns team win a, win a division or something. They better be a team that every time they play against somebody, they're letting the board up because of Deshaun Watson from past memory, from the past, he's definitely top 10. He's definitely, you could argue, top 12 in the, in the league today. Um, I just got to see it. You know, I, I just think the coordination of this team is not focused on her past at all. And I think we're going to see something similar, Um. From the passing game, like as last season, as what Sean Watson, Jacoby Brissett showed us, it's going to be very mid, very low tier. It's not going to be a good showing of, of what, what to do in a passing game. And I think that's that's been the microcosm of the Browns for a couple seasons now, even with Baker Mayfield, even when he had his best season with the Browns. It wasn't really a heavy passing attack. It was just accuracy. It was it was it was pinpoint accuracy. There's a lot of play actions. There's a
0: lot of sale balls when you talk about Baker Mayfield. But go ahead, carry on.
2: It was just that was it. That was all. I just, I just, I just don't, I'm not a fan of the passing, the, the um offensive coordination in terms of passing in, in Cleveland. That's all.
0: I would like to respond to that, you know, with very little because obviously I still have yet to rank Deshaun Watson. So I'm going to cover a lot more ground when that time comes. But if you have a problem with where Zach or minor problem with, where you think Zach ranked him, then you're going to have a big problem where I haven't ranked because we know we're near that. And um the reason why is because. Like you said, you know, Deshaun Watson is that guy that the Browns should be good. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to be good. You know, they are actually in the toughest division in football. The AFC North is the toughest division in football in general, right? Um, you, you look down the list. I mean, you got Lamar Jackson. You got Joe Burrow, right? You got Deshaun Watson. Then you got Kenny Pickett, who clearly Zach is high on because I haven't heard his name yet. And that shocked me. But I guess Zach will cover that when that time comes. You know, you have those four quarterbacks in that division. Only one team can make it. So, yeah, I think the Browns have as much of a shot as anybody in that division to win a division. They have as great as a shot as the Bengals. They have as great as a shot as the Ravens, as the Steelers. They have literally equal. It's just going to come down to quarterback play, continuity, and who wins these games that should be relatively close. When you talk about Deshaun Watson, yeah, I agree. The Browns, they rush the football a lot. Clearly, the engine of the offense is the run game, but that's continuity. Deshaun Watson didn't have that last year. They had two playbooks for two different quarterbacks with two different skill sets, and he had to juggle Okay, the segue to the other quarterback in the middle of a football season. Just think about that. And on top of that, when you think about Deshaun Watson and his situation in um, Houston, he was more of a freestyle. The offense ran through him. So the transitioning of an offense running through you, where you're like Jordan essentially, and you're running the show, your playmaking ability and freestyles what's moving the offense to a situation that's more structured, and you have to learn on the fly how to deal with that with everything you've got going on personally and everything that's going on with the Browns personally being mathematically eliminated, there was going to be an adjustment period. I remember we did a segment where Zay, we debated can Deshaun Watson go undefeated with the Browns, you know, upon his return. And you said it's a possibility. It was never a possibility. That was never going to happen. They were not going to run over the table. So I still think he's
1: amongst the best. Um, Where? We'll find out when we get there. Yeah, just a couple of reactions to what you guys said. Zay, if you missed it. So I said something on Kyler Murray last week when I I ranked him in our quarterback list. And I kind of put Deshaun Watson into the same category and of course we're all going to have our different criteria when it comes to doing this list and that's what makes it so fun but a big criteria for me is if you're a guy that's getting paid like a top five quarterback like a Kyler Murray like a Russell Wilson if you want to put him into that category like Deshaun Watson and you're playing nowhere even close to that worth and I understand everything that went on with Watson. He missed the first half of last season, but he only had one good game last year that I remember it was against Washington. Cleveland found a way to win, but there was never really a game that Deshaun Watson played in last year that I thought he was even good. And I know that he sat out a long time, but Cleveland, you know, I agree with what you said, Zay. If Deshaun Watson is as good as uh, how Lil is going to rank him and how we all think he is Cleveland better have a really good season. And the pressure is really going to be on, for Kevin Stefanski. And I just have some serious doubts. I have some serious questions. If Deshaun Watson is ever going to be anything close to the guy we saw in Houston when he was at the peak of his powers. And that's a huge problem. If you're the Cleveland Browns and you're investing all this money in him. And I just think what happened to him off the field, like I understand we, some people will brush it off. He suspended what's happened, happened. He served his time and now he's done and he could put all of his focus on football. But I just still have some serious questions. Like, I don't understand how you could go from a guy like he was at Clemson. He was literally the face of that football program when he was winning national championships. He slayed the dragon of Alabama. He gets to the NFL. Everyone feels bad for him because we all knew Bill O'Brien wasn't really doing anything to really help him win. You go from that guy. There wasn't anyone in the league you spoke to that had anything negative to say about Deshaun Watson. You go from that to being literally the most hated guy in the league that no one really likes. And we understand why, because he used his off the field situation to really just con the Browns into getting a historically great contract. And it worked out for him. He has all that money now, but I just think that shift of how people feel about him, you know, fans are in the building. We all saw how fans reacted to him every time he went on the road last year. I just have some serious, serious doubts. If, he's going to be able to get past what happened from him off the field because it was that traumatizing. We know, uh, we saw what he was like in those press conferences after it first happened. I still can't believe he got that contract, and I'm going to be curious to see if he could respond now that he has a full season and a full uh, off-season of activities in minicamp and training camp under his belt. This is my last
0: point on this, right? Because obviously I have a lot of ground to cover when I get there, when I get to ranking him. I think a lot of people, whether or not they want to admit it or not, is holding on to the civil cases and that's never going to leave a lot of people. And I understand from a humanity standpoint, why that is, but if we are talking football and we are taking everything in consideration, not only the individual performance upon returning, but the situation at hand and just everything, the cold weather, never played in cold before. There's a lot of ground that you can cover when talking about Deshaun Watson. But I would say this for me personally, and I can't speak for everybody else. Although different questions, the same questions essentially that I have about Deshaun Watson, I have about Lamar Jackson and his health. Can he stay healthy? Last two years, missed games. But he got a contract, though. Matter of fact, he got the highest paid contract. So if I was going to rank Deshaun Watson, I might as well rank Lamar Jackson relatively close to Deshaun Watson because I still have doubts. I still have doubts about whether Lamar Jackson can win a playoff game. Right? Even though he only won one, one in three. Can he win a playoff game or not? The X is an old shift from running where what he does best to passing. There's a lot of questions over there. However, I am not going to undermine the skill sets of both of these quarterbacks. There's a reason why they are essentially, I say it, top 10 quarterbacks. So expect to see both of them in my top 10 where that's up for debate to where we get there. There's a reason why they're those type of guys. And there's a reason why they are paid. Now it's just about, as y'all alluded to living up to those expectations and we do have to see if they do
2: you know last night oh i'm sorry i just said last point on Deshaun watson for me at least i want to say as low stated you know he's playing in the toughest division of football arguably and he's coming from at least the houston division where it wasn't that much and issues. it's funny <laughs> i
0: don't mean to cut <laughs> you all but just like I said with Lamar Jackson, he's playing in the hardest division, too. He's playing, he's playing the hardest <laughs> the division, same division, essentially.
2: And it's and and we go make the argument that Lamar Jackson has had pressure to succeed as soon as he touched the league. They try to move him from receiver from quarterback to receiver, crying out love running back. They had him trying to switch positions when he got drafted. But when we talk about Deshaun Watson getting all that money, so you're getting paid the most money out of anybody in the NFL, so the pressure's already there. And then on top of that, you're going to the Browns to win. And so this you can make the argument that Deshaun Watson has to have had this much pressure to win ever in his career from all standpoints on and off the field. Like, he had success. Both quarterbacks,
0: both Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson have the same amount of pressure to win because Lamar more. Jackson got the highest paid contract ever. Uh, 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 right now, like yeah. literally, that that's pressure right there. So whatever pressure that the Browns have by giving Deshaun Watson that contract, the Ravens do as well, especially when you take into consideration Lamar's injury history, his lack of playoff
1: success, he has to live up to the hype, and Deshaun Watson do as well. Yeah, it's uh, funny we we're talking about you know quarterbacks with the most pressure. I, I was actually, it's funny I was going to bring this up to Lil a couple weeks ago. I should have. Uh, maybe we could do a segment before the season starts. That. Yeah, which quarterback has the most pressure on them? But I do have one thing to say about the Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson comparison. Considering uh, Lil just brought it up, and they are, of course, in the same division. One thing I know about, first of all, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, both in their career, have one playoff win. So those cancel each other out right off the bat. But I, what I will say is Lamar Jackson, at his best, we do know he's won an MVP. He did lead the Ravens to the number one seed in the AFC with a not-so-great surrounding cast around him at wide receiver. As we all know, the group of receivers Lamar Jackson is going to be playing with this year is the best receivers he's ever had. You could make the case also that, you know, Lamar, when he won that MVP, Willie Sneed and, um, you know, Mark Andrews, of course, was there, but they had a, a, just a lot of no-name guys at wide receiver. And Deshaun Watson, when he, did he was the same
0: at his thing. best. Yeah, no number one wide receiver. Yeah, well, you he know, won. You're not going to win an MVP, games, <laughs> you're win an MVP when you win in four games, you know, but.
1: Yeah, that, so that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Lamar Jackson at his best in a bad situation around him won the MVP and got the Ravens to get the number one seed. And Deshaun Watson, at his best, his team won four games. So that's a big reason why that
0: for me. Got to be healthy, though. You know, I haven't seen Lamar healthy. We got to see. But, Zach, my last point about this um, segment, and then I'm done on my end, is I firmly agree with you. When it came to ranking the middle class of the quarterbacks in the league, that was the hardest. Like, I know who my upperclassman is. Like, it's easy. It's just a matter of the order. But, you know, pretty much you know the order you know where you're going to rank the upper class. You know who's the best quarterback in football. Everybody knows who they think is the best quarterback in football in the top three, right? So that's easy, right? Maybe you kind of go through two or three. Nah, it's easy. But when you got to 10 and when you got to 10 to 19, it was really hard because a lot of those guys, especially on my list, are deemed as game managers. So it's hard for me to rank game managers because it's about the Managing of a situation, good, bad, or mediocre, so that's why it was hard for me to rank the middle class. But you know, I am changing my list on the fly, not the list that I already unveiled. Like, I'm gonna try to stick with my list that I already have that's already out to the public. But I am changing a lot of what's coming next, so there's gonna be a few switches. And I don't even think I'm still done with switching my middle classmen, so we'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: we're- one last point to respond to that. So it, it's crazy. The thing for me that made it so difficult is there were plenty of guys, and I should have brought this up along the way, that are like, let me see it again, guys. Deshaun Watson is a guy that I'd put into that quarterback. Geno, you know, Smith is another I one. See, right, Gino's, Daniel Jones is another one, guys we haven't said yet. Like, I want to see him, what he did last year, I want to see him do it again. Um, Russell Wilson, obviously. Matthew Stafford, obviously. I, I would say those five guys in particular, Watson, Stafford, Russ, Daniel Jones and Gino. Those are the five guys that I'm labeling into that do it again category.
2: I want to see it, uh, but we'll, we'll obviously get into those guys when we have them. Absolutely. I think that was I, was, I mean, listen, I think both lists are incredible so far, and I can't wait to see the production of all the quarterbacks in this upcoming season. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. you have been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas, nothing's a dumb question.